Welcome back Rebels to another episode of Isolation, a mini-series from Creative Rebels where we talk to the creatives behind the cameras. In this episode we're going to talk to the amazing Danny Batista, an amazing photographer and now educator. Growing until you can provide the skill level you need to give somebody something of value and everybody wins. Hello, Danny. Hey, how's it going? Good, man. Thanks for coming on the show. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for having me. It's pretty cool to be able to communicate and talk with people, especially at these times. <laughs> I know it's crazy times at the moment, isn't it? But I feel like it's a really great time to kind of experiment and learn new things really quickly. True. Yep. I'm excited about that. And I'm always doing that. I think that's the biggest thing is people don't realize we always have to do that to really kind of stay in the know and keep doing what we're doing as a full-time career or, or a hobby. Yeah. So tell us about your career. Like take us back to the start. Yeah. I mean, if you, if we want to really go back to the start, I uh, will just start when I was a kid. I mean, honestly, my parents had always had, well, by the way, just let's start, let's start from scratch. I'm a photographer. I'm a professional photographer in San Antonio, Texas. That's where I'm based. Um, but as of lately, I've actually been traveling around a lot and teaching people as well as shooting assignments all across the U S and then all across the world. Now it's, it's turned into that. Um, but, uh, if we take it all the way back to the beginning, I've always just been a creative person, right? I've been playing with Legos, you know, when I was like five or six, I've been, um, I wished that I could draw, I could never draw. So that was one thing that kind of limited me on the creative aspect, but everything else I was building or playing with or really just using my imagination to create things. Um, photography wasn't always in my mind, but I do know that my parents always had a Polaroid camera, always had a you know digital VCR yeah. or digital recorder actually filming us at all times. Um, you know, there's tons of albums with tons of, tons of photos and it's one of those things where I guess I've always seen a camera in my face. I'm still not a model, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) and I don't plan on ever being, and I do get uncomfortable if the camera is on me from a shooting perspective with photos. But aside from that, um, I've always been just creative. And so through my entire life, I've found some way to kind of do that. That turned into graphic design as a hobby. And I'm, I'm talking about like Photoshop in 1999, right? Like way back when, where I'm. So, So what kind of stuff were you doing then? Yeah. So that, that's the biggest thing. I mean, it wasn't anything even related to like editing people. It was just anything and anything that I could possibly edit that included putting planes in skies that included cutting trees out and adding grass to yards that included things like my dad had a photo that he found from somebody. Um, and all your listeners may or may not know who this is, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is an NFL team here in the U S and, um, he had a friend, my dad's in the military. So he had a friend that, I guess some of the Tampa Bay Buccaneer cheerleaders went to visit them in like Korea or during a war or something. He got a photo in front of them and my dad got that photo and he was like, Hey, put my head and put my name on my tag in this photo. So it looks like I'm in that shot. And so those are, those are little things, man, that like in Photoshop, that's what I was doing. I was having fun with it, helping people out and just doing things for the hell of it. And that 20 years later, obviously turns into skills, right? That you can use to your advantage to really kind of create some cool stuff. And, that's what ended up happening. So that's what I was doing back then. I was doing a lot of graphic design, web design, um, really just using Photoshop to do even stupid stuff, man, like adding lightning bolts on 3D text. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, oh, God, I remember the days <laughs> of like animated text. I remember there's a website called like flamingtext.com. Yes, where you could, yes. For, like, for all the message boards where you'd kind of have like some animated text at the bottom, like that was the go-to. 
Right. And that's the kind of stuff that I ended up doing, man. And, and it just, I never thought again that I was going to do that for money or anything. I just thought when I was doing web design related things that I was going to maybe be a web designer or a graphic designer, but being on a computer and doing that really was exciting to me. And I went to school for computer science, ended up getting a badass job, man, at a corporate company here in San Antonio. And within a year quit that because I couldn't be as creative as I wanted to be. And that was for programming and um, a minor in studio art. So I still had a little bit of that creative side on here. Yeah. But I was like, I know I need to make money and do something on the computer. Programming might be the solution. And it ended up not being the solution, man. That was in 2005 when I got that full-time job. Awesome career. Everybody stays at that company for their entire life. 401ks. I mean, everything you can possibly yeah. imagine. They they live there, make a family there. They go to corporate meetings all the time. I mean, that was the thing. And um just to give you one other little tidbit there one time i was coming back from lunch with my team badass young team man we were all doing amazing stuff happy to be around each other but i was going up the escalators and i looked over to my left and i saw like a 40 or 50 year old guy going up the escalator too with his head down like this and the escalators are three escalators to like the yeah. third fourth floor and i watched him as we were all going up and my friends are laughing and i look over at him he doesn't even look up he just stays with his head down Look, and he knew where the end of the escalator was and just went around to the next one, got to the next one, went around to the next one, got to the next one. And I thought to myself, that ain't going to be me. That's not going to be me, man. Yeah. So I ended up quitting. And then the rest is history, man. Building my own businesses and eventually becoming a photographer, which is what I am now, and actually teaching photography too. In the, so in where did the confidence come from to actually leave that? Because I imagine most people who are in that environment are like, okay, this is secure. I've just paid all these like fees to go to college. Mm-hmm. Like it's going to be a risk to leave. Like what gave sure. you that confidence? Um, I don't know what that was, man. I just feel like it was something inside of me. I really can't explain that to you. It was just the urge and the drive and not being, ex- and not being happy with where I was. That's the biggest thing I can say to that is I wasn't happy. And so in my head, I was like, how can I be happy? What skills do I have that I can continue to use and get by until that becomes something that works for me? And again, even then, when I quit that job in 2005, photography was not the idea. It was what can I do right now to make this happen? And at that time, it was real estate investing. I had a friend there who was a little bit older than me who had been in that company for three or four years. And I, maybe I instilled something in him or generated some confidence in him as well. But together we both looked at each other one day and he was like, bro, I'm quitting and I'm going to try to do something that I just heard about, which is real estate investing, finding dilapidated homes and building them up and trying to make money or giving them off to people who can make that money. And I was like, you know what? Screw it. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) I'm going to figure this out, man. And in the meantime, maybe I can freelance and use some of my abilities with graphic design, web design. And I was building websites on my own building people's MySpace pages, designing t-shirts, like whatever I could do, which was fun to me, but also in the effect making money as well. And for a year, man, we tried to real estate invest and didn't buy a single house, not (laughs) a single house, man. And and that stuff's very frustrating. When it's not working for me, I want to figure out how I can make it happen. So that was the beginning of a business that turned into something that wasn't exactly what I needed, but that pivoted to something else and then pivoted to something else. And, and so like that's financially, how, that. how did you support yourself during that time? Um, freelancing, man, trying to figure out how to, well, number one, a lot of the 401k money that I built up in that year from that first, that corporate job, yeah. I took all that out, liquidated it. And that was some of my ability there to kind of live, um, living cheaply, right? I rented a home, I rented a room out in that guy's house, which again was a cheap way to kind of live at the time. Um, and then anything I could do to freelance. And over the course of that year and deciding that this wasn't working and figuring out the next step, 
um, part-time job, you know, figuring out a way to get a part-time job yeah. related to what I was doing. So I found okay. a lot of different careers related to web design, related to web development, related to um, graphic design, related to all the real estate investors that we were trying to be like, they needed websites. The, yeah. com- the places we were going to actually learn about this were the big conference rooms that these people are putting on. They needed websites. They needed marketing material. They needed gra- they needed business cards, right? So we're trying to push that while still get to the next level of what we thought we were going to do. And it just comes from pivoting, man. It comes from yeah. finding where, finding the niche you're in and going, how can I uh, make this work for me? Oh, it's not working. Maybe if I go to the left a little bit. Oh, this yeah. is working for now. Let's keep going here. You know, pivoting yeah. is, what I, is what I look at it like. There's a really good book by a guy called Alex Benign called The Third Door, which I referenced quite a few times on this show. And it's okay. the kind of the premise behind that is there's like, so you think of a club, you've got your main entrance everyone's queuing up at, and then you've got the VIP entrance to the ne- next to that, that everyone else is coming in there. Like the people are on the list. But then there's also the third door. There's also like a fire escape, a window. There's always some way in. Okay. And I think like that's the kind of message there. It's like you tried to go in the industry one way, but you couldn't get there. So it's like, how can I make these connections within the industry? Sure. Well, let's find other routes to get in. How can I help people within that scene? Um, because I've done the same with portrait photography as well. It's like, if there's an area I want to get into, I'm like, well, how can I help people who are in that industry to start building those connections like a different way? Gotcha. Yeah. And you know what? One thing I've always said, and I don't even know if I heard this somewhere or if this is just what's ha- what I've said over people asking me that question in these live things that I do on Instagram or just in talking with people that are asking for mentorships or, you know, whatever it might be. I found that I always had to politely kick a door down. Like yeah. I had to find a way to get in that was still with my mentality of being a polite, helpful teamwork individual, but still was a way that was like, I got to force my way in a little bit because nobody's recognizing my ability, even though I have it. Um, and it's, it's that confidence again, that you're recognizing or saying, uh, that you need for that kind of thing. But I mean, there's been several circumstances that I can kind of, um, elaborate on if we need to, for certain aspects that really show, Hey, I kind of dug my way into this, showed my value. And by the way, I'm still the same person that I was back then. Just nobody recognized it until I was able to provide them with something and open their little eyelids and go, look, I'm trying to tell you like, if this is what you need or this is what I can do, how can I help you do it too? And then they go, Jesus, I didn't realize you had this skill or ability. Yeah. And I'm like, I was standing here the entire time trying to tell you. So it's so um, how, that's what how I've seen. Does, how does someone make open someone sorry, how does um, someone open someone else's eyes? Um, you know, by providing them value. I find that I put them first. Mm-hmm. And that I don't even think about how much money I can make from this or how is this going to improve my abilities or skills or how can I take full advantage of this in the back of my head subliminally. I'm like, OK, I'm going to prove to you this. But for me, I'm usually asking the question, what do you need? How can mm-hmm. I help you? What kind of things are you realizing or not knowing that you need that I can help you get if you just answer some questions for me? And in the end, it turns out that number one, I learn a lot because I'm learning every time I, I press yeah. that shutter on that camera. Or I'm learning every time I, you know, build a new website. I'm learning every time I get into a business decision that was probably a bad idea that I don't have the right contract for. I mean, all these things are learning experiences, but I do find that it comes from pre- preliminarily saying, how can I help you and helping them without any kind of compromise or just saying, what can I do here? And in the end, you learn so much and then you have a portfolio and you have things that are happening all based on you helping that one person and they were extremely happy and guess who they tell everybody everyone yeah 
So it's, hopefully, uh, it's taken... hopefully that happens. Hopefully <laughs> that happens. It doesn't always happen. <laughs> but I think that's, that's the thing. It's like you don't go into it assuming that they will tell everyone. You go into it assuming that you're just going to help that one person. And I feel like sure. if you have to help a hundred people and then one person finally tells someone else that then changes your life, then sure. that's that's important. It's like I always kind of say there's no such thing as luck. Like it's just probability. It's if you do it enough times and are genuine about it, good things come back. Like I'm kind of not very spiritual. Well, I'm not spiritual in the slightest, sure. but since starting this podcast and helping loads of people, I now fully believe in karma. Because it's like, if you go out and help a shit ton of people, good things happen. Yeah, and that's absolutely true. And, you know, you did mention something else, too, that I think is important. It's a numbers game. Um, it even comes down to when you're attempting to get clients. Like when I first started out, by the way, I've been a professional photographer now for six or seven years. I, I kind of lose count of how much time it's been. Um, and to say that I've been doing Photoshop for 21 years is also really crazy for a lot of people. Yeah. But um, it's the numbers thing that I like to think about too, that I have to constantly explain to people that want to do this professionally is you need to talk to a hundred people to get a 99 no's and one yes. Yeah. Every single time. That's what I've noticed. And now over time, your value will show. And if, as you build yourself up and have a ways of showing your ability, like a nice website that actually accents everything you do, um, amazing reviews of people gloating about your ability, like all those things help improve that ratio and that yeah. luck right that you're saying we are that you get 100%. just from doing enough that probability but in the beginning you have to talk to 100 people to get one yes you have to get those 99 no's for people to go for somebody to go and give you the chance and then you got to take full advantage of that as yeah, much as possible cuz it's it's just a trust game it's like if you can make someone trust you they'll buy from you they'll hire you but yeah at the start it's really hard to make someone trust you because you've got no evidence that you can do this sure. then like longer you've been doing it you've got like well like if someone says i'm going to hire you they can see hundreds of photos you've done before where they're like well this guy can obviously do it because he's done it again and again and again he's got a right. good website he's got all these people recommending it's like all these things that you slowly build over time and i think patience is a really important thing with that it's like it's not going to come in a week like you have to build that over a really long period of time Right. And that's a that's a really good point, too, as far as patience goes. And I find that a lot of people, especially the younger generation, don't have that. Right. And it's yeah, it comes from a variety of things. I think people talk about it all the time. But I mean, I see things like, you know, TikTok, Instagram and all these kind of websites and new apps that really get people to get what they want immediately. I think that yeah. starts to subliminally go in somebody's head. And then they start thinking that, oh, I'm trying to build this business. I see other people that are really successful at it. And they don't realize the 10 years that it took and the different people that we met and the different pivoting points that I took and the downs and the ups and what it took to get there. They just see what's happening now, especially with these apps. We're not showing all the downsides of stuff. Um, and then they get impatient and they get yeah. frustrated and they give up when literally if they just took the time and were patient and actually t did the effort and did the work, they would find that they would actually find the same success, hopefully over time through that luck, that probability. Yeah of getting it done because you worked so hard for it and you meet the right people and it just takes time yeah i feel like i like to think of it as like doing a kind of college degree or a university degree over here in england exactly. it's like it's a you it's going to cost you a lot of money it's going to take a long amount of time but you have to do that to get the degree at the end of it and it's like don't expect it. it's going to come tomorrow i feel like three four years is kind of like a magic number that we've spoken to a lot of people and it's around the three year mark where really good things start to happen yeah i found that it was like three to five years and each of those elements within that year led to that third fourth or fifth year feeling like more of a success than when mm -hmm. it began um and i 
the the thing that I think about now that I would never know then is the people that I met made that happen. I didn't know who I was going to meet. I didn't know that my part-time job that I was going to get hired for, I would meet somebody with the same passion. And then we both look at each other again and go, this happened. This has happened a lot in my time, man, where I've met somebody in a specific job or career or in a coffee shop and they recognize me or they don't know me. And we just look at each other and go, we both have the skills here to do something. Let's get the hell out of here. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. And, and it's it, dude, it's 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 fate. I, I can't explain it any other way. It's just it maybe it's just there's a line, you know, out of everybody's chest that leads you some different way. And I'm not religious either. Um, but I do believe, man, that you put this energy out there and whatever that energy is and whatever you're feeling and wanting that stuff comes to you. If you work hard enough and you want it and people end up meeting each other that whether it's love, whether it's business relationships, whether it's whatever it is that if you recognize it and are ready for it, all of a sudden you have that luck, right? Being ready for that opportunity and then being able to take it. It looks like luck, but I tell you it's not, it's just being prepared for that in the end. And it's amazing. And it's exciting. It's funny because like my business partner and podcast co-host, like we met completely randomly. Like it was the most like biggest bit of fate that, that could have possibly happened. Sure. And like 10 years later, we've been running a business for 10 years. It's mad. But like it's kind of, I think so much of it is being open to that. It's having that kind of willingness for things to come into you and not being closed off because it was through someone, like, meeting someone who introduced me to him that I was just like, obviously my portfolio like i could help you with this this and this and that didn't turn into into anything but that guy told someone else who was my future business partner sure and yeah it's just putting out to the world as much as possible and then good things come back yeah the 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 thing with the opportunity thing i think is so huge and it's definitely something that i've experienced my entire life um always been excited about what new opportunities arise and after knowing that that's what happened in the past I don't even have to think about the future. I'm not really a planner. I kind of have like short-term goals. Like, Hey, this is my next step. This is what I need to do. And I just know the stuff is going to come from it no matter what. In terms of goals. And do you have, when you say short-term, like what's the longest, like furthest forward that you do plan? Or do you have like, not even a plan, but a vision of where you would like to be in the future? Well, let me say this. So like I mentioned in the past, like I mentioned about my past, I didn't know I wanted to be a photographer. I just knew I wanted to be creative and I knew I wanted to be on my computer and I knew I wanted to be wherever I could be in the world and still make money, right? Still help people create beautiful imagery or create beautiful things, whatever that was. It was websites in the past. Now it's imagery. Um, That'll probably be video in the future as I keep dabbling into that. Um, But I find that uh, it's just instead of having a goal of I need to be here in five years and have this amount of money. I don't think like that at all. I know people that do. And it's nice to have that person on the side here too as a business partner potentially because those two people make a lot of sense. The people that just work and move and move and move and the people that really plan out ahead, you can create big things. But for me, as my sole proprietor, business owner self, I um, just have maybe maybe those like next steps. Like I know right now that I'm trying to create um, some generate income via a website that I can now house all my live recordings on that I'm doing on Instagram so that people that don't see those in the 24 hours can now have the opportunity to see those, which they I get asked about that all the time. And the problem is as a small business owner, I need to find the time to do that. So if I can find the time to do that and make that happen, my next goal will be achieved, which will be have some kind of repository for live videos, which in the end will be income, which in the end will grow and I'll learn how to do more of that and how that works or doesn't work. And it just, continues to take steps and steps and steps and elevate 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 but 
I really don't look too far ahead, man. I don't have money goals. I would like to continue mm-hmm. to make more money than what I'm making now. That's the goal, period. It's not a certain yeah, yeah. number, right? Um, and what's the next step that I can get done that I'm seeing as um, the ability to keep pushing forward and, and, and tack on and stack on levels of things to my business? And that's an example of my next my next goal um, outside of continuing to make my clients happy and get their edits done and you know get past this coronavirus time. Yeah. <laughs> so uh taking it back again um to the, like the days you got your first camera like what was it that kind of got you into photography what made you think oh actually photography is something i might want to do um so it was one of the businesses that i had built with a friend and it was a digital marketing agency and to kind of relapse back on a, a point i made um after the real estate investing thing didn't really go to the level that i wanted it to be at I started to look for a part-time job on Craigslist and I found a listing for a web developer at a publishing company. Um, and I knew that I didn't want to be there all day full time because I still wanted to pursue things that I wanted to do. So I went in there with the objective of, oh, I can work part-time or these amount of hours. Let me know how I can help. These are my skills and abilities. And the person that was interviewing me um, loved everything that I was doing. And at the end of that day, after I showed him I could do what I could do, we were both in the parking lot. He was a young guy. He's probably like four years older than me. Um, and he, uh, we went out to the parking lot. We were both getting in our cars and he's the guy that was like, Hey man, I've been looking for somebody like you and I work here as well. He's a part, he was a part-time employee as well, but he got told to, to interview me. And he was like, I do a lot of the business side of stuff. I'm a graphic designer. Um, your web development stuff is awesome. I think we can get the hell out of here, man. I think we can get out of here in the next few months and really do our own thing. Um, and I was like, bet. <laughs> that was really <laughs> the first conversation. And so for four, four or five months, he had been there for a year already, but for four or five months, that's literally while we're sitting across from each other, we keep looking at each other going, yeah, man, you're doing good. I'm doing good. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep doing this. And eventually he had a client that gave him a retainer that he needed to really be able to pay both of us. And that retainer required both of our skill sets. And he ended up quitting and going, all right, man, this is it. I'm going to have this for the next month. I'm going to make sure this is this is going to supply us. I'm going to get out of here. Um, and I was like, dude, I'll quit in the next week. Perfect. Let's make this happen. And that turned into a digital marketing agency that we built in San Antonio, Texas with um, small business, medium-sized businesses, hospitals, universities, people that it just turned into something, man. It just turned into something big. And over six years, we created that. But in those six years, I realized that I didn't want to build websites anymore. Yeah. We had employees. We had everything, man. We're going to big business meetings. Me and him are selling ourselves and you know, making ourselves look a little bigger than we are, but still like being that mom and pop shop that can help do everything you need to do. Yeah, sure. And photography found its way into that because we needed badass photography to finish out these websites. And we didn't know a photographer. And I had a <laughs> camera. <laughs> so... That's what started me getting that camera in my hand. That's what started me to get off-camera flash into my mind. And Mm -hmm. that's what led itself into um, me after six years going, hey, man, his name's Wes, Wes Bayerga. And he's he's a dope guy, man. He still runs that business. And I was like, hey, man, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to run off and do my own photography thing. I, I enjoy that more. We had a man-to-man, you know, meeting of friends and business partners and, he took he took the business and ran with it, and I took my business and ran with it, and that was that was six or seven years ago. Um, but that was another pivoting point where I was like, "We're just doing what we're doing," and I go, "Damn, we need better photography." And we both look at each other and go, "I can do it, man. I'll try." And it turned into that, you know. And I pivoted and I used that to my advantage. So that's why I'm at where I'm at now, specifically because of that point. So what was it that got you into portraiture? I think this is a funny story, man. So I remember looking on Tinder back in Tinder days. 
uh, for a female that would be interested in letting me shoot with her. Uh, and I was specifically looking for somebody that uh, was comfortable with their body, that was interested in like bikini or implied nude and that kind of thing. Because what I wanted to do was show that I could do that to any other females or models that would be interested in shooting that kind of work. Um, I'm very professional, uh, really eager to really create amazing photos for females or males, but that seemed like the best opportunity, one, for me to have a really cool feed on Instagram uh, with professional photos of female models, uh, and number two, to just have a portfolio in general so that it, I could show that I had the skill level there, and three, to practice, right? I needed that practice, and I needed somebody, I need everybody to see that I had that skill, so uh, during that time, I had built a custom Honda Ruckus, which was a really cool moped that everybody was customizing, and we were gonna, I was going to drive to LA uh, for a weekend, uh, with the rust ruckus in my car and ride that with 300 other amazing badass custom ruckuses um, in California for the weekend. And so I pitched that to her and asked her if she'd be interested in that, that my main goal here for this trip was to shoot photos and maybe we date afterwards. I don't know. That wasn't necessarily the ultimate goal, but maybe a good cool side effect. Um, and what happened was we actually drove for seven days and all I did was shoot, shoot, shoot and learn new techniques and use off camera flash and deal with that whole, um, first starting first process of not knowing what I was doing, but learning and directing and teaching and my teaching myself and really directing with a model to get the best photos that I can. Um, and I learned a lot about myself and I learned a lot about photography at that point that I hadn't learned because everything else I was shooting was inanimate objects. And literally from then on, after my Instagram turned into that portrait page, based on those initial photos, uh, started getting clients and started getting individuals asking for collaborations to shoot more and more portrait work. And that's how it happens every single time. That's how I did those free photos to get a portfolio. But in everything else I ever shot as well, when it comes to real estate, automotive, port, um, product, food, I literally found a way to shoot something for free for a restaurant, for a realtor, for a developer, uh, for somebody releasing a new product on Amazon. I gave them free photos in exchange for them letting me shoot and use those photos in my, in my portfolio. And then all of a sudden, I'm getting more clients based on that work. So that's how it's always worked for me. That's how it works for portraiture. I found a free way to make photos. Uh, found somebody that was interested in letting me shoot them and trusted me. Yeah. And my portfolio started to build from that. So I think as soon as you declare that you're something, that's when the world starts to see you as that. Because it's like, as soon as you were like, boom, get rid of all the car photos, only portraiture. I'm now the portrait, portrait photographer. And I think that's a really important thing to do to actually give yourself a name of this is what I am. Because a lot of people, you go through their feeds and they're inspiring, like up and coming photographers. And there's just everything. There's cars, people, food, holidays, like all the things. But I feel like it's when you pick that thing to get known for, which is when things really start to pop off. You know, I wouldn't say that it just pops off. Um, maybe in the universe, once you decide that you're going to do something and you say you're going to do something, yes, it'll pop off in the universe. It'll actually become something that you're putting out there and that energy does relate to maybe finishing something off. But you know what? I look at people that like draw for a living 
um, or digital artists. And a lot of times they'll even put out stuff related to what I used to look like or what my drawings used to look like versus what they look like now. And I can always tell when you see that because it's literally a clear resemblance of their skill level and how they've improved over the last five years from what they initially started drawing to what they're drawing now. And it's amazing. You can tell that they actually put in the time and effort. They put in the work. Um, they were dedicated. They learned new things. They figured out what didn't work. They figured out what did work. And they started to create that. They even developed their style more. Their style probably changed. Their um, What they were interested in actually drawing probably changed. And that made them become who they are today. So, yeah, I don't think that you necessarily just pop off from just um, saying it. But you definitely start to have that energy built around you. And you put it into the universe. And if you dedicate time, dedicate um, enough effort to actually creating that in whatever time capacity you can every day, you will improve uh, you will actually start to show that you have that skill level and that ability. And even though you're the same person you probably were prior, your skill changes, your ability changes, your um, your value that you can provide somebody changes and people can see that in your work. Again, if you're dedicating time, if you're dedicating the effort and if you're really actually interested and loving what you're doing. Yeah. And by the way, I don't look at follower count as success right um you could be a national geographic photographer with 3,000 followers and you could have lots of success um instagram and social media and a follower account to me don't qualify as success uh success for me is having uh building your craft to really be what you want it to be um changing your ability to be what you want it to be to continue to grow and be successful in changing yourself to create new quality of work and value that other people want to either purchase from you, they want to hire you for, um, or they just want to create for themselves and you as an entrepreneur um, in whatever you do are able to provide one, value and amazing work, but two, get paid for it at the same time. That is a proponent of success for me uh, with what I do in my career. Um, in terms of your photography style, like it's like as soon as one of your photos comes up on my feed, I know who it is straight away. And there's always a really nice narrative to it as well. So it's not just like a here's a nice picture of someone somewhere. They all seem to tell a story. And I feel like there's never it's not like every picture's the same from the same set scene. Everything's got kind of its own uniqueness. Everything's telling like its own different story. How did you develop that? That's a really good question the narrative that you see me creating in these images um, comes from a, a variety of things. I mean, that comes from me, one, getting bored with shooting the same thing over and over again. Like there's no way that I can sit here and shoot the same or different people in the similar style pose with different outfits and be happy with what I'm creating. I'm not just creating for Instagram, right? I'm creating for, or any of my social media outlets, I'm creating for myself to be happy i'm creating for myself to be able to create new and interesting things that make my brain grow that help me to find new ways of shooting things to see light differently um that's why i shoot these things and that's why i'm always attempting to create different angles or you know look at things differently or work with people that don't just want to shoot a headshot portrait of themselves right 
I want to try to create things that maybe I've seen or been inspired by in music videos. Um, you know, one interesting little tidbit of info is I feel like I need to change my room around every three months, you know, that to me, I think is a clear indication of my brain just needing to see things differently, shoot things differently. And in the process, I'm creating interesting work that I think other people enjoy. Um, but really that just comes from me wanting to create new and interesting things I haven't seen before or that I've been inspired by and I want to put my own take on. Maybe uh, my parents being from a military background and me always moving around in my life has helped that make me become who I am as well, where I need to see something different to be excited. It's ingrained in me, right? Um, if Maybe that's also why um, I find success in traveling and excitement from success in traveling to teach people and, and find new places to shoot and edit in. That continues to make my brain feel comfortable with my surroundings, excited to shoot new things, inspired to continue to, to create. And that narrative that you're seeing just comes from, I think, all those things boil together into one little pot that is me. Do you ever look back and look at where you've come from and be like, I am proud of what I can do now? Uh, you know, half and half, you know, in one capacity, I know that I can do cool things and amazing things. And, you know, I'm creating value with the images that I'm producing because other people are telling me that, right? I can see that or, and I hear that from other people. So that's amazing. But on the other half, my other half of my brain is just like, no, I'm never satisfied. And so I need to continue to create and I need to continue to learn to really be who I want to be. And, and this actually brings up something I thought about, and I've mentioned this a couple times here on the podcast already, but uh, as far as this phrase goes, which is um, I learn every time I press the shutter. And I, I got that from a Nikon pro photographer, a master of light is what she was called on Nikon's website. And I think she mainly shot like lifestyle and um, advertising images or editorial or commercial images uh, but she said that and I thought to myself, but you're a master of light. Like you don't need to learn anything else. And that's actually incorrect. The cool thing about her and the amazing thing about her in her humble attitude. And I, I don't think it's just being humble. It's the actual truth is that every time she pressed the shutter, she learned something new or she realized something she could have done better. And for me, it's the exact same thing. And that again is what pushes me to continue to create and try new things and you know find new angles and find new light and that's what makes me happy and that's what uh creates the images that you see today uh and helps push my eye to really create new things that that i see so we're obviously in lockdown at the moment across the world how are you staying creative in this time my girlfriend is Keep Chambers and she's a model. So we're able to obviously still be creative with each other here in quarantine and really create new and interesting photos uh, and new work in general uh, because we're both in the same home. Uh, aside from that though, I am able still to make money and I am able still to shoot certain industries. Uh, for example, real estate. Uh, real estate photography is still an avenue of income for me in these times. Um, and we're taking the proper precautions, right? Like wearing uh, proper uh, coverings on our feet, not touching a lot of things in the home unless we absolutely have to, uh, disinfecting regularly things that we are touching like doorknobs and doors um, or any individual elements that we're moving in the home. Uh, but as long as you know it's just us in the home, we can still create photos and work for clients that need that to you know build these 
communities to um, build these homes, to build these apartment complexes. And that's really what I'm still shooting uh, for income, um, not necessarily just from the creative aspect of stuff. And you know, this is one thing I talk about a lot too that I think is an important little tangent is shooting multiple industries of photography and being really good at it. So like I've mentioned, I shoot food, automotive, luxury real estate, portrait, product, and I do all those things and that allows me, those individual niches allow me to actually shoot at all times of the year or even when something like the coronavirus, COVID-19 hits and people are secluded or not able to work because of the quarantine um, actions taken in place by governments around the world. So we're still able to do these things because we can navigate the rules a little bit here. You know, six feet apart, perfect. Nobody else is in the home. Yeah. Um, uh, disinfecting, staying safe, wearing masks, that kind of thing, which we still do, allows us to still shoot this stuff. So, you know, we're wedding photographers or engagement photographers or portrait photographers or people that have to engage with individuals, even like in the food industry, which I'm not shooting right now because of the situation, I can still find ways to navigate it um, with the other industries that I spent so much time producing quality work and practicing and learning and getting paid for, as well as having enough clientele that still are active in that realm, allow me to continue to still do that work, still be creative and make things uh, as far as photos go in this time. Sure. Um, and then is there anything you're going to change about your kind of process or work kind of post COVID once everything's kind of like back to normal again? So here's the thing. I think, you know, for me, nothing really is going to change. Um, I think we'll all wash our hands a little more. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You know, I mean, and that's just going to be a natural reaction from now on, just with how safe everybody wants to be and needs to be uh, when it comes to this disease, this virus. But mm -hmm. for me, nothing really will change as far as my um, work goes in the photography industry. You know, I will still I've created a career for myself where I can navigate these ups and downs, like I've mentioned already, uh, with the different industries that I shoot. Um, I have a great client base that came from years and years and years of creating work and value for them that they see in me and they can count on me to provide them. So for me, nothing will necessarily change as far as what I do after this is over. Um, I'll be able to go back to traveling, so that'll be great. I'm not able to do that this month because, again, I'm trying to be safe and not you know, be somebody who's spreading this around if potentially I have it and I don't know. Um, so again, things won't change. They'll go back to the way it was where I was traveling, providing workshops and private one-to-ones for individuals, being able to shoot my assignments um, outside of my home, obviously, and outside of my state which is what my business has grown into now, um, as well as just going right back into where I mm -hmm. left off, where everybody that's waiting for the month to go by here in Texas anyways, to where the quarantine is lifted or certain parts of the quarantine are lifted, hopefully um, we'll get back right back to where we left off. If they aren't, I'll still be able to sustain my business. I'll still be able to do um, specific types of photography that um, are safe and everything will be okay as long as um, we aren't, kept to our rooms, right? If I can go outside and really still create a uh, client work for individuals, especially like in the real estate industry, income will still come in. I'll still be able to do that for the next few months until things start to even out a little bit and they let us out of our homes and, you know, businesses start to open up. And then all the other industries that I've been shooting for the past six or seven years um, can then start to um, stack on top of that when it comes to income and stack on top of that when it comes to, you know, providing the value for my clients. And then one final question. What would be the most important message that you could give to creatives? 
The most important advice I'd give to creatives is probably related to time. And that comes on a, on a bunch of different scales here. Number one, taking the time to really learn a new skill and keep moving along with that skill until your ability matches what people are expecting of you for the value you want to get paid. Right. If we're talking about this as a full time career, if we're talking about this as a hobby and you get some fulfillment from learning and creating and growing, well, then it's the same thing. You got to take the time to really make sure that you learn what you want to know. And in this time frame, we have so much time to do that. Right. If you are in quarantine, which the whole world is and you really want to learn something, there's so many avenues now that are providing, so many companies that are providing free resources, right? So take that time to really build yourself up. Um, find ways to shoot, if we're talking about photography, to shoot things for free for people, to provide them value so that you, one, learn, two, build a portfolio, and three, actually get somebody to trust you enough because you're providing them with free photos or free work and everybody wins in that situation and you can then again grow which is the key here growing until you can provide the skill level you need to give somebody something of value and everybody wins um again i think it's important to mention that it doesn't come in a month it usually doesn't come in a year sometimes it happens in two years but a lot of times it's a two, three to five year thing of you consistently pushing, knocking down doors, um, taking the time to grow and learning every single second you get. Um, and I think this is important too. not everybody is in the same position where they can learn at the same time of day that everybody else. You may have a family. You may have a nine to five. You may have situations in your life that only allow you to learn and work on what you want to do at midnight till 3 a.m. And maybe you can only put in three hours before you get tired. But Put in that time frame every single day, and I guarantee you what you want will happen if you keep doing what you need to do and putting the time in. Every single time, all the time, just give it time. Brilliant. Where can people find you online? Uh, so for me, I have a website at dannybatista.com. At dannybatista.com, you'll find all the different industries of photography that I shoot for clients. That includes luxury real estate, food, product, portrait, and automotive. Uh, on Instagram, you'll find all my portrait-related stuff, and that's at dannybatista. Uh, Twitter, Danny Batista, and then, God forbid, the new TikTok app that we all have to try to deal with if we want to grow um, is Danny Batista Photos. So you'll find me pretty much everywhere that something's going on. And as new things pop up, I'll try to get on those as well. We'll see. <laughs> Boom. Thanks so much, dude. Really appreciate that. No problem. Thank you for having me. And again, hopefully people find inspiration in the success of everybody else. I'd love to teach and love to create new things for people. So if you do want to learn something and want to see some ways of creating that I'm doing this um, career in my life, check out my lives too on Instagram on Danny Batista. I think that's a really helpful way to get that free info. And I'm excited to answer your questions from whatever country you're in. So thanks again. <laughs>